All right, welcome to a special edition of the AdCast today. I have a good friend and someone that I've followed for a long time. His name is Mr. Perry Noble, and he is the pastor of the Second Chance Church. And this gentleman, he's so impressive, an amazing leader. We're going to talk about leadership, and we're going to also talk about second chances. This is the AdCast. You're listening to the AdCast. There's three things that I tell people to focus on. That's your budget, your media, and your message. People don't call it the truth. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. If you hustle, you'll never go hungry. Hustle and motivate. Hustle and motivate. That's why they follow me, huh? They think I know the way. You're listening to the AdCast. I want to welcome our listeners to a special edition of the AdCast. Now, I always say like special, but this is really, really special, both personally, professionally, and spiritually. I have an amazing guy on the other line, and his name is Mr. Perry Noble. I wish we could give him like a round of applause or something like that. Let's just do that for Perry Noble. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Perry Noble, welcome to the AdCast. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing I'm doing great, Eric. It's uh, it we're getting a little break from the heat here in the Upstate, a little bit of cloud cover, mm -hmm. and so instead of 95, it's like 85. So on, on in the July, August in the South, I'll take it every day of the week. Wow, I know it. I'm here on the coast, so I, I understand. But the fortunate thing for us is we can just run to the beach. That's true. That's true. Now we have a lake. We have we have a couple of lakes in the upstate, but like, uh, um, usually I'm, I'm downtown, so I don't get too close. But on the weekends, the the neighborhood I'm in has like one of those neighborhood pools, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's where I can be found every weekend. If people can't find me, you just come up by the pool. I'll be sitting there with a book and enjoying my life. Well, you're one of those guys. We know where to find you on Saturday, and we know where to find you at on Sundays. So. Perry, yes, yes, sir. Let's let's do this. Uh, for those folks that may not know exactly who Perry Noble is, um, or the folks who've been under a rock, would you be so kind to introduce yourself, or just tell these folks exactly who is Perry Noble? Well, I'm a um. What's the what's the best word I could use to describe myself? I'm I'm just uh, I'm one of those guys that believes that the best is yet to come. And I don't say that as somebody that's living like a pie in the sky mentality. Uh, many people know about my story with um, New Spring, where I started it in a living room in 1999. And due to some unfortunate poor decisions and on my part, um, uh, I was dismissed as a pastor in 2016. Thought I would never, ever be able to do any type of ministry again because typically when somebody i i guess the most common term is fall from grace which if it's truly grace you can't fall from it but um i, I never thought i would do ministry again um but god gave me a second chance and i realized in what i went through that there's so many people in this world that feel like they've blown it or they've lost their way and they can never get back on track mm -hmm. and that's just not true and so for me I'm, uh, my, my most common answer when people ask me how am I doing is I say I'm better than I deserve. And, and yes, Dave Ramsey said it first, but, um, I really do feel like I'm doing better than I deserve because I'm a, I'm a second chance guy. 
Um, I believe God gives second chances. And so that's why we named our church Second Chance Church, because we want people to know they get a second chance. Man, that's true. Um, you know, I'm going to say something that uh, my wife and I were sitting next to one another, and this is when we enjoyed your sermon a while ago. And you said something, and I'm gonna, hopefully I rock your world when I say this. This was a few years ago. You said the church is not a museum for saints, but it is a hospital for sinners. Right. You blew me away when you said that. I mean, absolutely just blew me away. And I just felt like it was just one of the, one of the realest things that I've ever heard inside of a church service, right? And so now hearing you talk about, you, you said this, you know, this fall from grace, we all fall, right? So how, right, exactly. how, how do you, uh, you know, pick yourself up and just say, I'm going to get going. How do you do that? Eric, it's a, it's a daily, um, it's a daily process. Uh, I, I literally get up every day and try to try to figure it out. Um, you know, there, there's <laughs> there's a lot of people that think I I should just go away, and um, I don't I don't feel like that's what the Lord wants, and so I can't listen to them. Um, I and and so it's like, okay, what do I do today, and how do I do this, and how do I rebuild this, and how do I figure this out, and leaning into the friends that are still there with me, um, you know, calling a lot of people, asking a lot of advice. And, and honestly, just being wide open to whatever the Lord wants me to do, because, you know, as a, as a leader, I think one of the, one of the things that we've got to figure out in the leadership world is how to help church leaders who are struggling. Like right now, there's probably, um, and business leaders too, but the, the higher you go up in leadership and you start struggling with something, whether it's a habit or an addiction, you you don't you 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 either have to do two things you either have to hide, or you either have to lie, mm-hmm. and both of those ultimately lead to some sort of destruction. And so, what can we do to figure out how to help people not have to hide, and not to have to lie? And so that's the that's the thing I'm doing moving forward. I don't want to feel like I have to hide anything. I don't want to feel like I have to lie about anything. I want to be as transparent as possible. With understanding that we all still have a personal life. I mean, you know, but, but that's the biggest thing I'm trying to do is figure out how to take steps forward. Um, and as I do, uh, it, if I can help somebody else on their journey along the way, man, I'm, I'm wide open to try to do that too. Do, do you feel like you are now a better leader now than you were before? I do. And, and, and the reason why is because of my, empathy levels um I, I feel like when when i hit a wall my my levels of empathy significantly increased because um i fell into that trap eric where mm-hmm. i thought man i'm a pretty good dude and god's using me because i'm a pretty good dude and after going through what i went through i was like nah Actually, I never really was that good. I was, <laughs> it was all his grace the entire time. I can't take credit for any of that. Um, so I would say, yeah, I'm a better leader simply because my empathy level have, has, has definitely increased. You know, do you find it where, let's just say, like, have you learned some new lessons 
not I don't want to talk about you know what you went through because I I think I still think you know you're still a strong role model for a lot of folks and I want to give you credit for that. But like as far as like you know some of the lessons now, do you do you apply some of those lessons to, uh, or, or do you feel like you have to be a different Perry Noble now than you were before? No, I don't. I don't feel like I have to be different. I feel like, in fact, I feel like I can be more raw and more authentic, um, simply because, uh, you know, it. I was talking to somebody the other day about cancel culture. And somebody said something about, well, are you afraid of, you know, somebody canceling you or you getting canceled? I said, I've already been canceled. Like, I, <laughs> I literally can live in complete freedom now because what else can people say about me or, or do to me at this point? So I really do feel the freedom to be to be real and to be authentic. Um, and, and I think in a way, or I hope in a way, that helps leaders feel a little bit more free to, to do the same. You know, for, for a guy who started a church back in 1999 inside of their living room to growing to uh, what it was, that's not easy. That is no, not, sir. That, that is not easy. And I, and I don't think you do that by pure luck at all. Um, and so I want to, I want to ask you this, like what was the goal when you started out? And, and the reason I want to ask you this is not just, you know, for the church, but like, you know, did you have this vision to say like, I want us to be this. And then you like went after it. I just wanted to create a church where people could bring their unchurched friends. That was, that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't have a massive strategy. Um, we just wanted to create an environment where people could do that. And, and my heart's still the same, Eric. I, I just want to create a church. I want to create an environment where people can bring either their unchurched or, as we have a lot of in the South, de-churched friends. Mm. People who, they were in church. And you know what, man? They're, they're great people. And they still love, love Jesus. And they still believe in God. Mm -hmm. They just have kind of written off the church thing a little bit. Mm. That's an so interesting. That's interesting. That, yeah. So that's the, that's the goal is I want to create an environment that where they feel like they can come and, and take their next steps in God's time, not mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how, let's just say if, if I were to kind of look at this from a, from a business sense, what would you say, let's just say to a business leader, uh, cause we, I've had some, some guests recently, Perry, where they have mentioned, they said, it's my faith that it's helped me in business. Um, and, and do you think that's a healthy mix when you bring your faith into the way that you operate your business? I personally do. And, and the reason why is I think if you're going to operate a business um, effectively, I, I, think, I think the Holy Spirit works as powerfully in a business leader's life as he does a pastor's life. Um, because if, if you're a Christian, if you are a person of faith, and you're going to lean into the Holy Spirit and his direction and God's word and his direction— um, he can help you as much in the boardroom as he can the pulpit. Mm -hmm. um, his his power is not diminished because we're in a building we're in a building that doesn't have a cross on it. Right. And so I think if a, a business leader is going to be a person of faith and really you know seek out the wisdom, I mean, my gosh, if we just took the principles in the book of Proverbs and applied them to the business world, 
whew, that'd be a great business right there. Mm-hmm. That'd be an awesome business. Mm-hmm. And so, so I think a business leader being strong in their faith is, um, is a, is a super awesome thing for, for the business uh, because I think it'll be profitable. But not only that, man, if you, if you're strong in your faith and you take that command that Jesus said, you know, to, to like love one another, I mean, love people as I love you, then you're going to lead a great, like people are going to come want to work with you. People are going to want to come work for you because of the way you treat people. And so it's just a win-win all the way around. Um, Now on the flip side, if the, if the, if the business leader tries to shove a bottle down everybody's throat, there, there, I mean, there's probably some things there that we we should talk about, but but (laughs) if a person, if if they're going to live out their faith, I think it just makes the business better. Uh, no, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great segue right there. Now, is it? Do you think um, you Perry, you coming up, or even you right now, five years ago Perry, and then five years ago Perry? I mean, five years today, Perry. Do Do you think there's always been pressure on you to be an influencer or a leader? I think there used to be, um, and it was pressure that I put on myself. Uh, I don't blame anybody for that. You know, um, if you, if you get attention or people start giving, if you, if you get increased in ten, attention, it's up to you, how you, how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope I can be a positive influence mm-hmm. and I hope I can encourage people along the way, but I don't feel the pressure to step into society and try to say the right things at the right time in the right way. Um, I, no, I don't feel that pressure anymore. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just a 49 year old dude trying to, trying to take one step at a time, one day at a time. Yeah, I, I don't blame you there, man. Um, I, I want to go back to, uh, the book, uh, your, your most, the most excellent, excellent way to lead. Um, I yeah. purchased that book. I think you had a seminar. I can't remember all the speakers. I think it was, uh, Stephen Furtick was there. Uh, I think yeah. Dave, Dave Ramsey was there. It was at the main campus yep. up in Spartanburg. Uh, there was Mark. I can't remember his name uh, that he had said. Mark Driscoll. There you go. Mark Driscoll. There was yourself. And I mean, what a great event. But it was a great event for not only for your religion, but it was a great event for business. And that's why I wanted, I felt comfortable to ask you those questions about business too, because it is a church, but it's also a business as well. Um, it's also a business as well. So what is, what does leadership mean to you, Perry? And what made you write that book? That's a two part question. Well, I think it's interesting. You know, you said something that I say, and I have quite a few, um, conversations about when people say the church is not a business and I always stop them. And I'm like, uh, if the church is not a business, I, and this is usually people um, who attend the church, I'm like, if the church isn't a business, then don't don't ask me for your contribution statement at the end of the year, because we don't keep track of that stuff because we're not a business. Mm. Um, I, if if you have a checking account and an employee ID number, according to the the government of the United States, you're a business. Um, it. You know, I, I'm glad I'm glad church leaders pray. But at the end of the day, if you spend more money than you take in, 
that's a problem. So you, you got to know how to. That's right. That's business. You got to know how to run a business. Yeah. So business principles, if a principle is true, it's true for a church leader as well as it is a business leader. Mm-hmm. So the reason I wrote that book was in First Corinthians 13, when Paul's talking about um, the when, when Paul's talking about love, we often take that chapter of scripture and we use it in our weddings. And uh, it's, it's interesting because chapter 12 is all about spiritual gifts and leadership. And chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians is all about spiritual gifts and leadership. But it's, it's not like Paul was writing that and stopped and said, you know what? People are going to get married one day. Let me stop and write some cool stuff for Christians to say in their wedding so they can remember it. I mean, right. Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, he's talking about the way we lead people. That's, that's, that's what I feel at least. And so when I wrote that book, it was from the perspective of, hey, you know, instead of saying love is patient, love is kind, say leadership is patient. Say leadership is kind. And and what would happen if we would become the kind of leaders described in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verses four through seven or four through eight? Um, that would be powerful. And that that works at a car dealership, that works at a real estate office, and that works in any church that you want to apply it in. No, I agree. Perry, we're gonna take a break. And I want to come okay. back and I want to come back and I want us to talk about the bounce back of Perry Noble. Okay. Let's talk about some more positive okay. things. How's that sound? Okay. This is Sounds great, man. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. Today's show is sponsored in part by Craft Creative. Change your creative, change your world with premium video production and graphic design. Get started by visiting wecraftcreative.com. You're listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. And we're back with Mr. Perry Noble from Second Chance Church today. Uh, and we talked about a lot of good things. We talked about some things that happened in the past and, and how he feels the best is still yet to come. And uh, Mr. Perry, one thing that you posted recently on social media, you said, I know I'm not where I need to be. Right. Tell me about that, Perry. Well, it's one of those things where you know, you look at yourself, I'm, I'm 49 years old and I'm, I've seen way more in my life than I ever thought I would see. I'm talking about the good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced way more than I ever thought I would experience. But if I was standing side by side with Jesus, you wouldn't mistake us for twins. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've got a long way to go oh, in, in my walk with Christ. And so, um, so I think the danger becomes, I, I think it would be dangerous for me to be like, you know what? I went through a tough time. I rebounded. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm exactly where I need to be. I, I still probably, that. yeah, I still probably say some things I shouldn't say. I probably lose my temper more than I wish I would. I, I, if I'm not careful, I can be, I can get angry or I can get greedy or I can, you know, it's, it's that thing where I'm always. I always know I got another step to, to go. And I don't say that to tear myself down 
or make myself look bad. I'm just, it, it's one of those things that I think as long as you know that there's another step you can take, it's one of those things that kind of keeps you grounded and keeps you humble. You know what I like about you, Perry? You're very honest. You don't sugarcoat. You don't sugarcoat anything, and, and you just come out well, with it, man. Well, here's the deal, Eric, and I don't want this to sound morbid, but it's just real. I mean, the Bible says, "Teach us to number our days," right? And, right? and we all know that our days are numbered. My mom, um, when I when my when my mom passed away, I was 11, but she was 49. And I remember people at the time saying, man, your mom was so young. When you're 11, 49 is not young. 49 is old. And I was thinking when I was 11, she's old. But this year when I turned 49, um, I did some serious self-reflection. And I was like, you know what? When my mom turned 49, 100%. she had no idea that she wouldn't see her 50th birthday. Wow. And I don't think I don't like have a death wish or I don't think something bad. I mean, I'm the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And so I'm not worried about anything, but I'm like, you know what? Our days are limited and our time is limited. And so I don't, when I die, I don't want people to love the fake Perry. You know, I want, I want people to love the, the guy that's real. And if that means I've got five people that show up to my funeral, you know, one day, as long as those five people really love me, man, I call that a win. Where's Perry Noble's focus right now? My focus is on, you know, obviously I want to be, I want to follow Jesus the best that I can. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be a good dad. I've got a 13 year old little girl and, you know, Eric, I, I don't know how to be a dad. I, I, I will never write a book on parenting. Um, it, they, they don't come the with instruction is, manuals, Barry. They don't come with instruction no. manuals. Not at all. Why is it that why <laughs> is it that you can go home from from Best Buy with a TV with a forty eight page instruction manual, and they send you home from the hospital with a human going, "Yeah, give it your best shot." Like I don't <laughs> under, I don't understand that. And so every kid is different. They all have different personalities and. So I'm, I'm trying to be a good um, dad and I'm trying my best to be a good leader. I really am. I'm trying my best to, to, to figure out, okay, not only how do, how do I lead myself through this, but how, how do I lead my church through, you know, the next step that we're going to take. And so those are the, those are the three main things I'm focused on right now is, and, and then, and then my health, I've, I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in, in my life physically and, and I, I love to run. I love to lift weights. I love to, to kind of get out and, and take care of myself. And so those are the, those are the main things I'm focused on right now. And what does that mean for you when you say you want to be the best leader you can be and lead your church? What does that mean to be the best leader, Perry? Man, I just want to help people feel like they're taking positive steps. Uh, I, I'll say it this way. Um, I'm reading through the New Testament right now in the New Living Translation. And then the NIV, it talks about they took the gospel. They took the gospel here. They took the gospel here. They took the gospel here. But in the New Living Translation, everywhere the NIV says gospel, the New Living Translation says good news. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me how many, I mean, the, the term good news appears in the New Testament hundreds of times. And so it's caused me to kind of take a step back and say, when people attend my church, 
as they leave, do they feel like they just heard good news? Mm-hmm. Because if they didn't hear good news, then I didn't take what what the the original people who took the gospel out. I'm, I didn't I didn't bring that today. Now that does not mean that you can't preach about sin. Um, I had a guy confront me recently and say. Well, you just have a feel-good church. And, and my reply was, well, I'd rather have a feel-good church than a feel-bad church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 at, the end of the peop- at the end of the day, I want people to know, hey, you may not be with, where you need to be in your walk with Christ. Um, and if you are, that's okay. I'm not here to beat you up over it. I'm here to figure out how to help you take a step away from where you are and closer to where you need to be. And as people are taking positive steps, um, they, they don't only hear about the good news, but they actually get to live out the good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I think changes people and ultimately will change a community and a, and a state and, and maybe even the world. Uh, speaking of the world right now, um, we're in such crazy times right now, Perry. I mean, how is this? Oh, gosh. How, how is this affected church? I mean, because we know like across the state. Um, you know, we know it was like it was restaurants and bars, gyms. They were closed down, and some churches couldn't gather. How has this affected church right now? Well, it had the same effect um, as nine eleven did. Uh, and and after nine eleven, church attendance in America increased significantly for about two or three weeks, and then it dropped um, pretty much back to where it was. When the church had to shut down for COVID, now I'm I'm just basing this off of what I saw with our numbers and what I what I've heard from other church leaders. The online church attendance spiked significantly, and after about two or three weeks, it came back down to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, though, what what I've seen and heard, just in my personal conversations with people who attend our church is it helps people to realize how much we, we need church. I mean, I thank God for technology, man. I thank God for online church. I thank God that people can watch when they're on vacation or whatever. But at the end of the day, man, there's nothing like being in the room where it happened. I, I, it, it's kind of like uh, when I saw Hamilton and they, they did the song about being in the room where it happened. Mm-hmm. And for me, my mind automatically went to church, and I'm like, man, there's something about being in the room where it happens that just makes a difference. And that doesn't diminish the the meaning of online church. I, I'm super thankful that we were able to do it during the most uncertain times, some of the most uncertain times I've ever lived in. Oh, but, yeah. but on the flip side, I think there's something – I think there's something to actually being there and experiencing that with other believers that makes a, makes a significant difference. Well, why do you think earlier in the first part we talked about some people have written off church? Why do you think some people have written off church? Um, I think some people have written off church because of, uh, you know, maybe maybe they grew up in a really strict fundamentalist background where you couldn't. You couldn't, you know, watch TV or play cards or, man, there's all kinds of rules out there. Mm-hmm. I think some people walk away from church because they were taught that, you know, you, in, you, can't, you can't love Jesus and believe in, 
you know, evolution at the same time. Like you have to believe in like a six day creation. I believe there was probably some stuff like that. I, I believe there was probably some people uh, that were in church and they experienced a tragedy. Um, that's the thing about tragedy, Eric, it doesn't discriminate against anybody. No, it um, doesn't. No, it, it doesn't. It, it'll hit. And sometimes when that, when that happens, the question is, I mean, how could God let this happen to me? I mean, I thought I was doing pretty good. And, uh, so some people walk away. I mean, everybody, everybody that I've talked to has a reason. Like there was something, maybe they got treated. Maybe they got kicked out. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe they got, you know, told they couldn't come anymore. Uh, and, and so people leave for various reasons. And so, and in the South, I mean, you know this, in the South, if people don't go to church, it's not because they can't find one. Wow. I mean, that's right. there's a church on every corner, man. Like, like McDonald's, man. Like McDonald's. Yeah, I mean, exactly, 100%. <laughs> so so I, I'm just trying to to figure out what their story is and, and, and let them know, hey, this is a safe place for you to come back to. I mean, it, it's okay. Now— we talked about like a business, you know, church being a business and then growing a business. How do you grow a church? How do you do that? Man. So there are so many philosophies out there. There's books on it. There's seminars on it, but this is, this is what I believe. Jim Collins wrote that book. Good to great. Oh yeah. Great book. And he talk, Love it. Yeah. It's, it's probably one of the best of all times. And in it, he talks about hitting the flywheel. And for me, and this is, once again, this is my opinion. And uh, it's it's one of those things I believe. It's one of those things I believe, but I wouldn't fight over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I believe for, for us and for what we're trying to do, that one of our top priorities is to have an excellent Sunday experience. And I believe, when I say an excellent Sunday experience, people are going to walk in. They're going to feel engaged. They're going to feel like we're not wasting their time. They're going to feel like um, the message is relevant to where they're living. Their kids are going to have a good time. It's going to be, they're going to be in a clean and a safe and a fun environment. And when they, when they leave, they're going to walk away feeling um, appropriately challenged, uh, hopefully encouraged. And I, I, if that happens, I call that like you're playing baseball, I just call that a base hit. So every single week, the goal is, you know, man, I wish I could hit a home run every week, but I, I just, I just can't. But you know what? Hitting those base hits every single week, base, base hits score runs. And so I feel like going back to that Jim Collins illustration, hitting the flywheel every single week, you just hit that flywheel. And over time, people will start telling other people, man, you got to come check this out. Hmm. You got to come check this out. Uh, because, I mean, word of mouth advertising in church world, there's nothing like it. That is I mean, the it, best it, form of advertising. Oh, 100%. The best. 100%. The best. And so if somebody has a great experience over and over and over again, they'll tell people about it. They'll bring people. And, and that's how I feel like that, that's, the, that's one, of, one of the ways, one of the primary ways I think a church can focus on growth. You are, especially right now in an age of technology, um, you are one that you do very well with social media. 
Um, do you think it's a great tool, not so great tool, and, and how can a church use that better or even a business use that better to get their message out? I think social media, uh, Eric, social media is kind of like a gun. It, it It's a tool. It just depends on whose hands it is, whether it's a good tool or a bad tool. Hmm. Um, I, I think I love social media. In, in, a, in a lot of respects, because I believe it helps us to communicate information. I think we can encourage people. I think we can inspire people. Um, uh, so I love it in that respect. Um, I hate the negative side of it. Uh, but you know what? There's always been negative people. I just think the social, <laughs> I just think that social media gave the village idiot a voice. Um, <laughs> used to be the village idiot. The only people that knew the village idiot were the people in the village and, and they didn't pay any attention. Right. But now the village idiot can, can literally have a voice. And so for me, what I try to do is encourage and inspire with social media, but I don't get caught up in, in, in online arguments. Now from time to time I do slip into it, but 99% of the time I would say I don't get caught up in it. Because I tell people, arguing online is like peeing in the wind. It feels good at first, but it's going to get messy. You know That's what I'm right. saying? Oh, yeah. So, 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 I, so I love social because I think it's, a, it's just an effective way to communicate, connect, and, and, and help people. Uh, Perry, what advice would you give younger Perry? Younger Perry? Perry today. What advice would you give younger Perry? Get some help, dude. <laughs> I wish, I wish I would have known how valuable having like anything goes friends were. And when I say anything goes, means you can open up and talk to them about anything, and they're gonna they're gonna love you. They're gonna encourage you. That doesn't mean they gotta su- that support what you're doing, right? But that means they'll still be your friend. I would tell, I would tell older, I would tell younger Perry, go be that for as many people as possible, because one of these days you're you're going to need that more than you know. Um, and so that's one of the that's one of the pieces of advice I'm trying to to live through today is is, is like my friends are my friends, and I don't care, I don't care what they do if. if <laughs> If they're my friends, I'm gonna I'm willing to do anything for them. Do you ever feel compelled to help someone uh, who's not even a friend, someone that you may kind of see a little bit of yourself in them while they're going through something? Do you ever feel compelled to say like, you know what, you know, man, I've been there. It's gonna be all right. Do you ever feel compelled to do that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've done that. I've done that a few times, uh, mostly off the radar. Um just reached out to somebody and said, Hey, I can, I can see you're struggling mm-hmm. or they've reached out to me and said, I'm struggling. And, uh, and I'm just like, listen, I don't, I don't have a counseling degree and I don't have a ton of answers, but I can listen. And, um, I can, you know, the Bible says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we try to, make people that weep rejoice. And sometimes they just need somebody that'll sit and weep with them, sit, sit and feel that moment with them. And so, uh, that's that. Yeah. So the answer is, yeah, I've, I've done that 
but I usually do it kind of off the radar because um, I, I don't want any attention or accolades for it. I, don't want, I right. just want to do it to try to try to help people. I, I feel like there are a lot of people that think they know you uh, and they don't know you. So what would you want people to know about Perry Noble? What would you want them to know? Um, man, I think, God, that is a great question. Um, I, I think, I think I would want people to, to know two things, like two groups of people. I think I would want group A to know, you know, I'm not as bad as you think I am. Mm-hmm. Like you probably heard some stuff about me and not that, but at the end of the day, I'm a pretty great guy. I, I mean, I, I'm not perfect, but man, I, you know, I, I try my best to treat people really well. I think I would want to tell the, uh, the second group of people, I'm really not as good as you think I am. Like, <laughs> I'm really not. Like, because as a pastor, people tend to put you on a pedestal and think that guy must walk around um, quoting the Bible and singing worship music and and fellowshipping with angels all day. And, uh, and, I, and I don't. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll walk around and I yell at my dog because he chewed the couch, and you know I yell at my, I yell at my dog yeah. too, Perry. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Uh, man, are, are you? Hey, Eric, are, aren't you glad your dog can't talk? Because if it if it could, what 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 stories could our dog tell on us? Oh my God! Well, I have two of them. The my older dog, the Boxer. I, I'd love to hear what he had to say about me. But the other dog, I mean, he rolls his eyes at me and walks away. True, true story. Oh yeah, true story. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want my dog talking about me. I, I just, I'm like, yeah, I'm just glad, I'm just glad he can't talk. We're gonna go into something we call the lightning round, and when we come back with that, you might hear some lightning crash around. There it goes. It's there. We go. There it is. So we're gonna go into the lightning round after this, and what the lightning round is gonna be is I will ask you about media. Like, you know, what do you think about social media, digital media, traditional media, and so on and so forth? Because uh, where you, what, the position you were in, you dealt with some of those things. But I got one question to ask you. And, and if you're okay answering this, then uh, I'd like to hear you answer it. And if not, then, you know, we can probably just delete this one. I watched a movie the other day, and this is what made me think about you so much, Right. And this movie was Michael Fassbender, and he played Steve Jobs. You ever seen that movie? The this that somebody he played somebody replaced Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah he, it he broke play, up there for a second. Uh, he played Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, and inside that movie, um, after he left Apple, he went to go start Next, right? Right. Uh, and then Apple came back, and they asked him if he would come back. If it was ever in your heart and you felt it was something that you wanted to do and someone said, can you leave my church, would you do it? Man, I don't know. Um, I can say this. I'm, I'm super happy and content where I'm at right now. Uh, I am, I'm having the time of my life. I'm, I can't believe. I actually get to do it again. I don't take it for granted, and it's so much fun. On the flip side, um, I learned the hard way 
especially over the past three or four years. Don't, don't ever say what you would or wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, just, <laughs> because it's so funny. God, God has a, That's a great God point, has man. a unique way. Yeah, God has a unique way of going, all right, well, if that's what you think, then that's fine. You can think that, but we're going to go this direction. That's right. All right, so we're going to take this break now and come right back after we uh, take this little break and pay our bills. We're going to come back with the lightning round. This is the AdCast. Sounds awesome. To hear your questions answered on a future segment, send them to eric at heyimeric.com. Live from VIP Marketing Studio, this is the AdCast. This is the AdCast, and I'm back with my special guest, Mr. Perry Noble of the Second Chance Church. Uh, And now we're going to go into the lightning round. So, Perry, we talked about... There's that sound again, Perry. Um, I love it. I love it. I have to make sure I tell the truth when I hear that thing striking, right? So I want to exactly. ask you. I want to ask you some questions about uh, just different forms of media. We interview a lot of business owners and leaders on this show, uh, and I want to ask you: What are your thoughts about how effective television advertising is, Perry? Um, I couldn't tell you the last time I sat down and watched a TV show. Um, but I feel like the, the price. I mean, I feel like. I feel like the value of something is how much you have to pay for it versus how many eyes you can get on it. And so so television advertising, unless it's something like the Super Bowl. Now those those commercials aren't I mean, people watch the Super Bowl to watch commercials. Mm-hmm. But television advertising, unless it's super, super well placed, or this is my thought. If you're gonna release an ad on TV you also need to release that same ad somewhere on digital, like social, like uh, YouTube or Facebook or something like that, because that way you get more bang for the buck out of it. This man's a marketer. Listen to him, y'all. He's a marketer. How about <laughs> <laughs> he's a marketer? I got to watch out. Perry Noble's going to take my job. <laughs> uh, no way, man. You're good. You're good. <laughs> well, how about radio? What do you think about radio? Once again, couldn't tell you the last time I listened to a radio station for more than 10 minutes. Um, it's, it's, it's now, uh, Apple music or Spotify or Pandora. Those, those platforms have taken over because, you know, we are pretty much a on-demand culture. That's right. And so we don't want to hear about, you know, Bubba's backyard dry cleaner. I mean, we can, we'll change the channel so fast. It's not even funny. So once again, if it's, strategic and well-placed and it's catchy in the first five seconds, man, it, it could work. It could, but at the end of the day, there's, there's gotta be a better way to spend those ad dollars. How about outdoor advertising or billboard? Man, I think billboards used to be effective, but what I've noticed with billboards is people. So, so when you're riding down the road, if you have an opportunity to look at a billboard, you're going to see it for two to three seconds. And so if you put anything on that billboard that I can't consume in two to three seconds, any information, like if you put the name and the website and the phone number and the street address and how many years you've been in business and the name of all your employees, I mean, I can't take all that information in. So I'll, I'll tune it out. I don't care how strategically it's placed. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have clear, concise, con- and clear and concise messaging, I'm not going to see it. But that's only for the driver. The people in the passenger side and in the back seat, they're not looking at the billboards anyway. They're looking at their phone. Right. 
Perry, you're a marketer. Listen to you. <laughs> just, just, as long as you don't open up Second Chance Marketing Agency, I'm good with it, brother. No, I mean, you're <laughs> safe, man. I promise. Don't you're do safe. it. You're safe. So how about, um, let's go social media. Man, I think um, anything, so, so people are on their phones. Um, and Agreed. it's so funny to listen to, to middle-aged, middle-aged people scream at people to get off their phones. Um, it's just not going to happen. It, people are there. They're, and so instead of yelling at people to get off their phone, um, let's meet them there. Yeah. So find out where your target audience is. And if they're on Snap, hit them up with an ad. If they're on you know, TikTok, hit them up with an ad. If they're on Facebook, hit them up with an ad. Um, it, it, find out where they are. I mean, especially with like Facebook ads. Oh, oh my gosh, you can oh, yeah. get so specific with your target demographic. It's amazing. And oh. so I think that's where the, I think that's where the best marketing can be done is, is through digital. Fantastic. You know what I believe? I believe the phone, cell phones are, are more addictive than cigarettes. <laughs> you know, the cigarettes, used Absolutely. To be like, they used to be the big addiction, but now I think cell phones are the new addiction now. That's the new addiction. 100%. You, just, you wake up, you look at it, you go to bed, you look at it. You know, I would leave my house without a credit card, but I won't leave my house without a phone. I will turn around to go get my phone. Every single time. Hands down. And I think that's that's... That's true, and that's powerful. Uh, you mentioned YouTube. How do, what do you think about YouTube? Um, I so once again, if it's if it's engaging and creative, I love it. Um, but if it's a typical ad about here we are and we're awesome and our company is great and you need to hire us, I mean, people are going to tune that out so fast it's not even funny. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so it's got to it's got to actually engage people on. Hey, you have a you ever have a problem feeling like you know this with this issue? Oh yeah, yeah, I feel like that. Well, I'm going to keep watching that commercial because right. that's going to that's going to pull me in. Perry, this has been great. I've been looking forward to talking to you today. Um, man, I'm uh, so thankful that you guys reached out. Awesome, man. Uh, Perry, let's let's tell folks exactly. Tell tell me everything I can. Tell me everything you can about uh, Second Chance Church. And since this is the internet, we have no time limits here, right? So tell me what you can about right. uh, Second Chance Church. Well, we we are a church in the upstate of of South Carolina and Anderson. We um. We have a website, mysecondchancechurch.com, mysecondchancechurch.com. Um, we do services on Sunday, uh, 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m., and then 5 p.m. Now, pre-COVID, all of those were live. But now that we've opened back up, we do 8.30, 10, and 11.30 live. And 5 o'clock is still um, online only. Okay. Uh, like an on we were, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. We, um, we're not affiliated with a particular denomination. Um, and, uh, yeah. And we're currently in three services are probably start a fourth one. Um, as, as soon as the, what I call the Corona craziness, as soon as we get past it, which mm -hmm. only God knows when that's going to be. Oh, man. Um, and then, and then we're looking at moving facilities. 
and people have asked, you know, hey, when are you going to start a Greenville campus? And when are you going to start a Spartan? And I'm like, listen, the last church that I was a part of, we didn't start a, we didn't start another campus for seven years. Wow. So, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I will ever start another campus. I, that, I, what, what God has in the cards is um, something that I'm asking him to reveal to me step by step. We don't even have an Anderson campus yet. We're in rented facilities right now, right? Right. So we got to get something uh, like a base here before we can branch out. So um, I've got a great team, uh, staff. I got a great team of volunteers who we we all work together and try to push the ball down the court or down the field a little bit further each each and every Sunday. And man, I really do. I really do love my church and I love the people that I get to work with and I love the people I get to serve every week. That's amazing. Uh, I want to thank you again, uh, Mr. Perry, for being our guest. And I want to thank our listeners for giving us their most valuable asset, which is their time. Uh, if you 100%. feel if you feel this podcast has been a help to you, I would feel grateful if you'd like it, share it, and tell some others about it, and also tell some folks about Mr. Perry Noble and the Second Chance Church. T- uh, Perry, give me that Instagram handle if you want some folks to follow you on Instagram or social media. Uh, Instagram is just at Perry Noble, all one word: P E R R Y N O B L E, um, and it's a it's a verified account, um, so it's got the little blue check. Um, because every once in a while, I'm sure you've dealt with this too. You get the people out there trying to start the fake account. Oh yeah. So, uh, and he's certified. That's, that's he's verified, the, y'all. Yeah. It's got that little blue check. That means it's me. Um, <laughs> it's just Perry Noble on, um, on Instagram. That's amazing. Uh, so we want to thank you, Perry, for being an, an amazing guest. Thank you so much to our listeners as well. This has been the AdCast. Copyright VIP Marketing and Advertising, produced by Craft Creative. For premium video production and graphic design, visit WeCraftCreative.com.